Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dead on the Delta, an African adventure. I'm author Sherry Knowlton, and this is the fifth in a series of podcasts, uh, both on my new book, Dead on the Delta, and its Botswana, Africa setting. Today's episode is Tips for Taking a Safari, uh, and I'm so pleased to have a guest, Don Roebuck, with me from AAA Central Penn Travel. I'll introduce Don in a moment, but first, um, a, a little background for this limited podcast series. In, in celebration of the launch of my fifth book in the Alexa Williams Suspense series, Dead on the Delta, I decided to start this adventure podcast series that talks, yes, about my book, but more broadly, um, I wanted to talk about the Botswana setting and some of the themes that play a role in the novel. The book was officially launched on February 16th, um, and it takes its readers on a hair-raising journey. Uh, The main character, kick-ass lawyer Alexa Williams, is spending four months conducting lion's research in the African bush with her boyfriend, Reese. She's looking forward to witnessing the elemental life and death struggle of the wild, but she never imagines that she'll become one of the hunted on Botswana's remote Okavanga Delta. So after that little pitch about the book, uh, let me introduce my guest, Don Roebuck. Dawn is a senior travel advisor with AAA Central Penn Travel, located in the Harrisburg and South Central Pennsylvania region. Uh, he's had 14 years of experience as a travel agent and has developed a particular expertise in adventure travel, river and ocean cruises, luxury travel, and Alaska and Africa, which is one of the reasons that he's here today. Uh, Don says that as a young man, I always dreamed of traveling the world, and now I have a passport filled with the stamps of all the countries I visited. At age 50, I decided to go back to school and get certified in the field of travel and tourism, not only to travel myself, but to help fulfill the dreams of others to have the same passion to travel. Nothing gives him more satisfaction and joy than having clients come back from a trip and tell him what a great time they had and all the memories that they'll always have. Um, and that to know that he played a role in helping to provide those memories uh, and alert his favorite destinations are South Africa and Botswana. So welcome, Dawn. Well, thank you very much, Sherry, and I really appreciate you inviting me to this, take part in this pre- presentation. Yeah, well, it's going to be a fun, fun discussion. Uh, but before we launch into Africa and talking specifically about safaris, why don't you tell us a little bit about your responsibilities at AAA, AAA sorry, Central Pennsylvania? Well, I am a full-service travel agent. I can handle anything 
that uh, people want to book. I do airline tickets, hotels, cars. We can do cruises. We can do resorts in the Caribbean. We can do European vacations, uh, South America, and, of course, Africa. We we try to do everything. <laughs> the whole world is at your feet, right? <laughs> you got it. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> so what's one of your the favorite parts of your job? Well, I think you, you pretty much said it that the system. I, I love being able to hear about what a great time that uh, my customers had when we sent them on trips and to know that I took part in, in fulfilling them. It, uh, it's all about creating memories, and that's really what this job is all about, creating memories. Uh, that's a great way to look at it. It, it really is. Um, and uh, I, I know that it can make a big difference whether a trip is well-planned or, or not. So uh, especially, you know, the more remote or more exotic places you go, um, I know my husband and I certainly want to have a trip planned as much as possible with at least the basics. So uh, a travel agent so helpful uh, in making that happen. And that, yeah, that is one of our purposes, to make things as easy and stress-free as possible. <laughs> well, speaking of my husband, he and I um, booked our first safari in 2007, through AAA, so not really all that many years ago. Um, and we fell in love with the whole safari experience. Since then, we've been on a number of trips to Africa with friends and family. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just keep going back and back. Uh, I know that for a lot of people, though, an African safari can sound both exciting but also a little daunting. Um, and we'll get into some specific questions as we go along. But first, what do you usually say to someone who comes in or tells you that they're considering a safari? I think they took the first big step in, in, by coming in to talk to me. You're right, it can be a little daunting going to a location like this, but again, that's what the travel agents and the tour companies that we deal with are here to do, to try to make it as easy as possible, to take out that fear, to, to, to remove all the questions so that people are prepared and know what to expect when they go on trips like this. So I, my, my first words have been, if people are considering, do it. Come in and talk to us. We'll get you started. Okay. Um, my family started with a trip to East Africa. We, we went to Tanzania and Kenya. Uh, since then, we've branched out. We, we've been on safari in Uganda, Botswana, Zambia, Zimbabwe, and just a little bit in South Africa. Um, and there's lots of options out there. So can you talk a little bit to, to our listeners about how to choose a safari destination, you know, what they should consider as they're thinking about it? Oh, there is so many different options when going to, uh, to, to Africa for safaris. Uh, you have the Kenya, Tanzania area up in East Africa. These are going to be the, 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 the large prairie types, of wide open territory where you have herds of hundreds and hundreds of animals, uh, antelope, zebra, wildebeest, I mean, sometimes literally hundreds of thousands in a herd just roaming across the, the, the lands. Um, down in South Africa, you're going to be able to experience things like museums and, and um, 
uh, the wineries around Cape Town. Uh, it's just there's so, there's so many different things to offer. It really it really benefits to sit down and talk with somebody and explain what you're interested in, so we can narrow down the best uh, locations for you to go to. Yeah, I, I think um, we often say um, that if you're going to do a first safari, um, sometimes uh, Tanzania and Kenya is a good choice because there are so many animals and they're so accessible. Uh, but one of the beauties that we find of um, the countries like Botswana, Zimbabwe, uh, Zambia, are that uh, you sometimes have um, – what's the right word, the crowds are smaller. Uh, and so they might be a little more expensive, a little more remote, but uh, you also get to experience animals more one-on-one -on -one rather than in East Africa where sometimes there can be a bit of a crowd at a good animal sighting. But still, we've, been, we've gone back there several times too, so either one is wonderful. South Africa, to me, is a, is a place where I usually recommend the first-timer who's unsure what they're doing. Um, okay. We can, e very, we can very easily schedule a seven, ten-day trip in South Africa. You don't have any visas to worry about. You don't have any inoculations to worry about. English is widely spoken throughout the entire country. The U.S. dollar does very well against the, the local currency, the rand. I mean, it just—it's it, a good place for the person who's never been there and unsure of what to expect. Um, it's, it's usually the place, like I said, that I usually recommend to the first time. South Africa. There's oh, even that's parts of South Africa. There's even parts of South Africa where it's completely malaria-free. You don't even need malaria medication. Oh. Huh. Okay. Well, that—that's actually good to know. I never looked at it from that perspective. Um, and, and as you say, South Africa is fairly accessible because you can fly right into Johannesburg or Cape Town, I think. So, yeah, yeah. I, I've flown nonstop between New York City and Johannesburg. Yes, uh, we, we have too. Um, so, well, talking about the different types of safaris, um, you know, there's. I often tell people who think, oh, no, I can't afford a safari that, or that they don't want to, you know, camp out in a tent, um, that there are lots of types of safaris that can be available for people on a budget or very, very high end. So uh, to, why don't you talk to us a little bit about a safari on a budget? What what what's that look like? What uh, what are some of the questions that people uh, should consider when they're thinking about cost? Well, I mean, there are several companies that we use that we have regular partners with, Tripway uh, uh, nationwide, um, that we have preferred partners that are very very good mid-range companies, companies like Trafalgar. Triple uh, A members' choice vacations. I mean, we could put together a seven-day, eight-day escorted trip to South Africa for three thousand, thirty-five hundred per person plus airfare, and then we can oh. go the whole way up. Yeah, I mean, there, and then there's high-end companies if you decide you want to do that. We have a company called My Mikata. We have a company called Talc. 
I mean, these would be the top of the line where you are very well taken care of and waited on hand and foot if that's what you want. Okay, so I think you answered my second question. If if you're somebody for whom money is no object, um, you know, what kind of safari would you recommend there? Uh, well, again, you touched also, on it already a little bit. Well, that also depends on how much time you have. I mean, if you have unlimited time, and you know, we could, you could do it all. You could do Kenya and Tanzania. You can go down to South Africa, Zimbabwe to see Victoria Falls. You can even throw in exotic places like Madagascar and Mozambique. And I mean, if money's no object, we can help with that. <laughs> we can help put together anything you want. <laughs> You're happy to have people help them spend their money, right? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, and, you know, good sometimes at that. people. Sometimes people do do like they say. Well, it's a once in a lifetime trip. We pro- they're not like uh, my husband and me who keep going back. They say, hey, we're going to go on a safari once because that's part of our bucket list, and we're going to you know splurge. Now, for different people, splurging is a different amount, but uh, but it sounds like there are lots of options. Oh, there are. There is, like I said, you can do anything from a moderate of. of of 3000 per person for a seven-day trip, up to however many tens of thousands you want to spend. <laughs> we even had um, some friends who did a self-drive um, safari in, I think they might have started in Namibia, uh, which is just north of South Africa, the country of South Africa, and then gone into South Africa because I guess there are a lot of good road systems and uh, relatively uh, not the places that you can stay aren't quite as remote. And they had a great time. Um, They were young and adventurous, though. I don't know if, it, if personally as a, as a professional travel agent, if Africa is the kind of place that I usually recommend people do on their own, although people have. I mean, you are in very exotic locations, and it's, it's nice to have somebody there that can hold your hand and get you through any rough spots, and it really is. Uh, like I said, it, it could be done, but I don't know if it would be a place that I would recommend anybody doing that who is not extremely seasoned. Travelers. Well, then that leads me into my uh, my next question, which I know is a, a frequent reaction that I get from um, people when I mention that we've been on safari, or you know, they often say. Oh, well, you know, is it safe? Uh, You know, is it safe to be out there in X country, you know, surrounded by wild animals? Uh, You know, they read about terrorism in certain or see on the news terrorism in certain corners of Africa. You know, what about diseases like Ebola? You know, those are the types of questions I often get uh, about, you know, is Africa really safe? And, of course, Africa is a huge continent. So you can't say that all Africa is the same any more than you can say that New York City is the same as Jackson Hole, Wyoming. But um, but still, that's a question. What, what are your thoughts on that, Don? Well, I've been to Africa, fortunate enough to have been to Africa twice. And um, I have never felt 
threatened in any way by animal or by person. When you're in the cities like Johannesburg and Cape Town, Nairobi, and, and those type of ones, yes, there are areas of the city that you want to stay away from. But like you mentioned, that can be in Philadelphia, it can be in New York City, it can be Washington, D.C. It's going to have the same sort of thing. But in the general areas, the people are great. They're friendly. I've never felt threatened when I, felt, when I was walking around the streets of, of the city. And as far as Adelon Safari, I mean, you will have situations where literally leopards, cheetahs, uh, baboons will be walking by your vehicle six feet away, and there is no danger. These animals do not see people in a vehicle. They see a big, big, solid item. And the, the guides, the trackers, they're not there just to find them. They know how to read these animals. They know how to tell who's calm, who's excited, who's agitated. And they do not put you in any kind of dangerous situation. I have never felt threatened, either in the towns or out on the safaris, by, like I said, animal or human being. Um, it's just it, the guides are wonderful. Like I said, they know how to read which animals they can approach, which ones they can't, they have to stay back from. And it really is just it's a very safe experience as long as you listen to what you're told. Yeah, I have to agree that um, on, I think, every safari that we've taken, with maybe one exception, uh, and it wasn't for the whole safari, it was just at a, one camp, we had a guide who wasn't so great, um, but it, and it was just more that he was not into his job, I think. But um, the, the rest of the guides that we have had, and we've had many, have just been um, really wonderful. Uh, and as you say, have such knowledge about the animals, about the local uh, areas that we've visited. So it, it really is good to go with a guide if you can. The one thing also I uh, wanted to point out, and you had mentioned, uh, as far as terrorism and that sort of thing, first off, there's been really no acts of terrorism down in South Africa. Now, years ago, right. Nairobi had its share of some terroristic rebels and that, but you're not in Nairobi that long, and you really aren't, maybe for a, a night, that's about it. And But they go out of their way to protect you. I mean, even the hotels will have armed guards and gates so that only the guests can get into them. I mean, yes, they've had their share of some issues, but they go out of their way to protect you. These companies also that I mentioned, whether it has to do with terrorism or disease outbreaks or anything like that, they have backup plans already in place. And if something happens, they're kicking those plans into, into action. I know this in Africa, but a couple of years ago, there were some terrorist attacks in, in Paris. I mean, the, the companies had backup plans, and within hours, the people were out of Paris and away from danger. They do the same thing down in Africa. They have these backup plans in case there is a terrorist attack. They have backup plans in case there are some sort of outbreaks. And as soon as there's any sign of danger, they get you out of there. Right, right. Yeah, that, I mean, we've never been faced with quite that experience, but um, we have friends who have. So, yes, I, I think that's something that really can help allay a concern if, if someone's a little worried uh, about safety. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. A, a, another thing. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to um, move to a different topic, which is an, another concern that I hear from people is, well, will I be physically fit enough to go on safari? Um, so, uh, you know, are there limitations in your mind about who can successfully go on safari? I know generally they discourage very small children, um, but uh, beyond that, now, you, you are right. This is not necessarily a place to take small infant children. I mean, you have to think about if you go for a drive here in the, in the United States for two, three hours with your child, what are they like in the car? Well, that's what it's going to be like on the two, three hours safari also. You know, there's, there's no place to stop for restroom breaks or anything like that. So. <laughs> but uh, as far as physical disabilities go, I mean, as long as, as, long as you can get in and out of the vehicles, it's not like you're going hiking or, or anything like that. I mean, I myself, I'm a 64-year-old man that's 50 pounds overweight, and I have only one arm. My right arm is amputated at the shoulder. I have no problem getting in and out of these vehicles. If there are some mobility issues, I mean, depending upon how severe they are, I mean, people can help get you in and out of the vehicles. I actually took a group of people from AAA Central Penn. I was the escort. And one lady had – she had to walk with a cane. We let her – you know, I, I, we helped her in and out of the vehicle. Uh, the, the, the guide let her sit beside him so she didn't have to climb up to one of the higher levels. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, depending, depending upon exactly what the disability is, yeah, I'd say it's very doable. Okay. Well, you know, I've I've raised a couple of questions that I get from, uh, you know, people as I talk about safaris just generally. Um, but you're the actual travel agent, so uh, I'm sure that you get some additional routine questions from people as they're considering a vacation to the African wild. Um, do you want to talk about any of those that uh, that you get on a regular basis? Well, I mean, naturally, the first thing that people comes up is, is inoculations. You know, what, do, what, what shots do I need? Um, that is something that personally I don't feel comfortable discussing in detail because I'm not a doctor and I can't really say what different inoculations might do to what person. But we have the telephone numbers of travel centers that we can have them talk to. They can make recommendations. They can tell them what, what they need or what they should have. Uh, People want to talk about money. You know, we can easily exchange currency. We can help get visas. And then there's always the question of what do I pack? Okay, you're going on <laughs> safari. Please pack a light. <laughs> yeah. uh, especially if, if you're going up to places like Kenya and Tanzania, a lot of times these are on small bush planks, and they have very limited space for, for luggage. You can't take along a whole lot of luggage. Uh, plus, you don't need it. You're, you're out in the wild. I mean, you just need basic clothing. You don't need your good clothing and that sort of thing. I actually knew of a lady who one time, she I, she was not a customer of mine. I did, I did not advise her on this, but she was telling me that she went on a safari, and she was in one of the tents, and a monkey came in and stole her diamond necklace. Well, I mean, oh. it was gone. There was, Yes, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, why did you have a diamond necklace with you on a safari? But she did. Yeah, and, that and is a good question. 
<laughs> Those are the kind of things. Just leave home. You don't need to take them along with you. <laughs> so. Yeah, and and those are all all, all good things. I know uh, to to raise because um, we've actually um, helped a, not not helped but a few people that we've gone on trips with or friends who were taking their own safari, you know, sort of ask us for advice. And, and some of those are the things that, uh, that, that they've asked. And I know, um, I like to say, I think I have every inoculation known to man at this point, except maybe rabies. I've never been vaccinated for rabies, which is actually a, a thing. You can get that. But, uh, uh, you know, I've had to have almost everything for one or more of the places that we're gone, so I'm in good shape when it comes to tropical diseases. There you go. There you go. You're set to travel. <laughs> so uh, let's get back to some basics. Um, you know, how would a listener go about booking a safari? Well, the first thing, just contact your, your, your local travel agent. And there's several right here in AAA Central Penn. I mean, we have offices in Cumberland County, Dalton County, Lancaster County, Lebanon, Adams, Perry, and, and several other ones. Uh, just contact and tell them you're interested in talking about a safari. You don't need to know exactly where you're going to go or what you want to do. You just want to sit down and just start talking about where to go, how to go there, when's the best time, and the travel agents can help you. I mean, I can actually give you my name and number, and people can contact me. They're free to contact me whenever they want. But I, that's just the, the first step. Don't try to decide everything on your own ahead of time. That's what we're here to help put together for you. Just decide you want to go and pick up the phone and make an appointment. Oh, good advice, good advice. Well, um you can share your phone and, and information in just a few minutes, um, maybe as we close. But before we do, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time focusing on the nuts and bolts, you know, of how to do a safari, where to go. Uh, but, you know, I'd hate for us to spend all this time talking about one of the most exciting trips a person can take, especially if you're a wildlife enthusiast, without mentioning the fun and adventure. So you had talked earlier about it's all about the memories. Uh, are there a few memories from uh, safaris that you'd like to share with our listeners? Well, actually, there there are a couple of things that do stand out in my, in my mind of my experiences. Um, the one safari, actually the very first one I was on, I was at a um, reserve called Thorny Bush, and our place was set up along a dry riverbed. During the rainy season, it was an actual river, but at the time we went there, it was dry. Every morning, I would walk outside on my balcony, and there were tons of animals drinking water from the little pools that it still had, were still existing. I mean, water <laughs> buffalo, antelopes. The one day, there was a tribe of, and I'm not kidding you, 30 to 40 baboons that crossed this drought dry riverbed right underneath my balcony. And the big no. alpha male, he's, he kind of sat on this rock just watching everybody, making sure everything was safe until everybody passed through. I mean, things like that. Um, there was another time we were actually coming back from an afternoon or an evening game drive. 
and it was night. It was already dark, and we were coming around a hairpin turn. And as we come around this turn at night, there's three rhinos blocking the road. Um, wow, three. Three of them, yes. And they scared us as much as we scared them. And the one actually charged the vehicle. Now, the the, the, oh. the guy threw it and reversed and backed it up out of the way until the point where, where it was no longer a threat. But it's just, I mean, that instance, it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of things you forget. Another time I actually saw a confrontation, not a fight, but a confrontation between a full-grown rhino and a full-grown male um, lion that's because they didn't like each other in their own in what they considered their territory. And it was a chess uh-huh. match between screaming and growling and this that went on for about 15, 20 minutes. I mean, these are just they're things you don't expect to see. And then when you do, you just you never forget them. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, there. it is a great adventure to be in Africa. And if you like wildlife, it's definitely great. I know one of the things, just sort of on a, you know, a more low-key scale that I love so much about Africa is the sound of the camps at night. My, my husband and I have a preference for tented camps, which doesn't mean rustic necessarily. It, they, they can be pretty fancy if in high-end camps uh, or very rustic. Uh, you know, there's a whole continuum. But I love to be able to hear the sounds at night, you know, the hippos grunting if in the in the lagoon nearby or the roar of a lion that carries on the wind from somewhere nearby. Um, and in Botswana, they have these little frogs called bell frogs that uh, come out during some seasons at night that are just such a – they just sound like little bells ringing on the breeze. So, you know, just the idea of being out in the wild is so nice. Oh, I agree with you completely. I mean, just the sounds of the monkeys and everything else. I said, just to sit there out and just take that in and to realize where you're at. <laughs> it's just, it, it is exactly. quite an experience to do that. <laughs> Well, you know, we could probably go on all day, John, but um, we're just out about uh, out of time. Um, and this has been wonderful, and of course, talking about Africa makes me want to book a new safari for next year. <laughs> Maybe well, the I'll, year I'll, after I'll, that. I'll, I don't know. We, we don't know what's going to happen quite yet for the immediate future. Um, well, but, I can tell you, uh, among the lines, I can tell you that Kenya and Tanzania is currently open. For travel, South oh, Africa okay. is yes. Kenya and Tanzania are currently open for travel, even with coronavirus. But South Africa is not at this point. Okay, okay. So people could plan a safari. In fact, it might be might be a lot of availability right now, um, possibly. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, can you tell us, Don, how to get in touch with you um, at AAA Central Penn um, if uh, they're from this area and are interested? Um, and I'm, under, you know, I'm sure in far away from Central Pennsylvania, people have their own travel agents. But, but give them your contact information. 
Well, if people would like to get in touch with me, I actually work out of our Hershey office, but I can deal with anybody in this area. Uh, my name, again, is Don Roebuck, R-O-E-B-U-C-K. My telephone number is 717-533-3381, extension 2424. And my email address is my first initial and last name, D-R-O-E-B-U-C-K at A-A-A-C-P dot com. Again, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do, just where you want to go, and we can help put the pieces together for you. Okay. There you have it. Well, Don, thanks again for being a guest. Uh, and for AAA Central Penn Travel as well for um, agreeing to participate in this podcast. Uh, for those listeners who may have missed it, much of Episode 2 of this podcast series, um, I go into detail about a typical day on safari based on my own experience. You may want to tune into that. Um, all in all, I hope you enjoyed hearing these tips for taking a safari. Sure that Don Roebuck can help you arrange that trip that you've been considering and find the perfect safari for you. Before we sign off, I want to remind you that Dead in the Delta is available in print or Kindle editions and most bookstores and online retailers. Um, that way you can warm up uh, for a safari by reading about Alexa's adventures in Botswana. And I want to leave you today with uh, an Africa quote, as I've been doing on each episode. This one is from Richard Mullen, who says, The only man I envy is the man who has not yet been to Africa, for he has so much to look forward to. Please tune in next week uh, to hear some anecdotes about my own safari adventures. And uh, I really appreciate you tuning in uh, and joining me and today joining Dawn on this African adventure. Thank you. Thank you.